0: My name is Rachel Del Judas and you are listening to the Forge Leadership Podcast. Forge Leadership Network mentors, trains, and connects young conservatives ages 18 to 25, equipping them to lead in politics, culture, and business. For more information or to get involved, visit ForgeLeadership.org.
1: Next up on the docket, we have Dustin from Summit Ministries. Dustin, how are you?
2: Can you hear me? Yeah, welcome. Thanks, thanks. I'm happy to be here. So should I just hop in or?
1: Yeah, go ahead. Please introduce yourself and tell us about uh, what what you guys are up to at Summit Ministries.
2: Yeah, yeah. So my name is Dustin Chasmijan. I'm a vice president of programs at, at Summit Ministries I don't know how familiar you guys are with Summit or or not, but it's always helpful when I talk to people about Summit is to give kind of a a larger context of of our history and who we are, because I think it paints a picture of what we do really well. But we started, our our ministry started in 1962, so probably older than everybody in this room. (laughs) Uh, That's a joke, sorry. It's late. (laughs) But so it started in 62, and our founder, Dr. Noble, went to the University of Wisconsin, And while a student there, he nearly walked away from his faith in Christianity to communistic ideas that the professors were promoting in the classroom. Uh, And what he slowly came to realize was it wasn't just enough to know what you believe as a Christian, but also what are competing worldviews? How do they answer fundamental questions? So, you know, if somebody's from a, a communistic or a Marxist bent, how do they answer the question, what does it mean to be human? will inform questions of you know uh, uh, of what is the sanctity of life what is you know the purpose of, of humanity and why do they exist and so our world views actually shape our perennial questions and so he started realizing that not only communism but postmodernism, islam and a multitude of other worldviews are competing and vying for the hearts and minds of young people so he he started this two-week program where we he gives a world we, we gave worldview intensives to 16 to 25 year olds primarily helping them not understand not only what does it mean to be a Christian, but how do other worldviews answer uh, these these fundamental questions about life? What is my purpose? What is my calling? Who am I? Why am I? Where am I? Where am I going? Why does this matter? And so we're just beginning to engage in these conversations with young people uh, about not only the Christian answer, but also the secular answer, the postmodern answer, and how that actually informs how we live our life. And if you guys are in the area of policy, it also informs how policy is made, how you answer this question, why am I here, um, and what's the the purpose of government, will inform how you make decisions and choices going forward. So we, in, in many ways, we awaken students to these ideas, that it's not just Christianity, it's not just Sunday morning, Wednesday night, but it speaks to, and it ought to speak to, to the totality of life, for all life, in all cultures, for all time. And so that's kind of the core of what we do and who we are as a ministry. And our our mission really is to equip and support the rising generation to embrace God's truth and to champion a biblical worldview. That it's not something they know, but who they're becoming. You know, know, it's, it's a part of our DNA, helping students connect the truth but also, how do we love people well? How do we hold to our convictions as Christians, but yet still speak the truth and love to other people while still holding? To what we know to be true, so that's that's kind of at, at the core. Uh, and we have lots of uh, you. Know, our primary thing is we do two-week summer conference sessions. Uh, so we have students fly from all over the country to Manitou Springs, and we also have one at Covenant College in Georgia. And we do two-week intensives. But in our Manitou locations, we have a, a bunch of interns. And I'm not sure if some of the internships would fully fit with with maybe some of the things you guys are pursuing. It may, but it, many of our internships are, are in the area. You know, we have an old uh, hotel tell i mean it's like 1895 was when it was built uh so things break down a lot (laughs) a lot a lot (laughs) there was one time i was in the classroom this was like 10 years 15 years ago, there was a leak in the shower, and the, in the, the upstairs, and all of a sudden, a huge water bubble was forming in the classroom when lectures were going, going on, and the students started noticing, it. we had a faculty member that was not, he couldn't pay attention, like he was so fixated on his notes that he wasn't even paying attention to the snickering that was happening, and then all of a sudden, this little trickle of water starts going out in on the classroom, then all of a sudden, about two minutes later, just... Boom, just an explosion of water. Anyways, there's lot, lots of maintenance internships and opportunities. So if you like working with your hands and fixing and uh, all of those things, uh, we have tons of those. But, but we also have product management, how to you know, do inventory for books and sales and how to find prices with publishers. So product management, advancement and marketing, uh, much like I, I think the previous person was talking about, lots of in, in that. But also advancement in, in events. So how to do a conference for donors. And the most we have is video and photography internships, so doing the A, B side of things. And, and, and those are our primary internships, but kind of what, what I've picked up on Forge, there, there's, there's another opportunity. It's not technically an internship, but each year we hire about 40 to 50 summer staff. And these summer staff, you'll lead our students in small groups. And the thing I really like about, and I think the opportunity as you, you all as young leaders, is something that I slowly came to learn through my own studies and my own work. You know, I, I have a master's from Denver Seminary in the area of leadership, and it was good, uh, but it was either very technical or I didn't understand what they were trying to teach at the time. You know, making reducing leadership to 40 hours a week, how do you lead change? What are the technical skills you need to do to, to lead a group of people through a project or a goal? It was good for what it was, but right around that time I was hired at Summit to lead their summit semester program and kind of hearing a little bit about what you guys are doing. It's kind of more of an intensive mentoring, engaging program. And you know, this program, this summit semester was a three month uh, academic retreat where we pulled students away. And for three months in the wilderness of Colorado, they thought about the liberal arts. They thought about English, political science, theology, history. I mean, and had places to ask questions. And I oversaw this program. And in this time, I slowly came to realize that leadership was more than just tricks to to move people to change. It was incarnational. These students saw me as husband. They saw me as dad. They saw me as boss. They saw me in my leisure. They saw every aspect and and leadership moved from the step-by-step to actually an incarnational way of life. That was every aspect. It was informing and shaping. And as I thought about that, our summer program, the students do that with the, whatever jobs they have, our summer staff, whether it be front desk or doing dishes or cooking or cleaning, whatever. They see the students and how you work in those types of jobs. They see how you interact with your coworkers. They see how you, you, what you do in your free time. And those are the incarnational leadership that people actually gravitate towards because it's not just a 40-hour week things, but it's a way of life being formed and shaped. You know, in many ways, uh, Walker Piercy, uh, an Amer- American author, said it's, it's possible to get all A's and still flunk life. It's possible to know all the right answers and still fail. You know, and in many ways, what we're teaching the students are, yes, you can have the right answers and still get it completely wrong. And in many ways, our staff are the embodiment of that. And so you know, it's, it may not be a technical internship, but I would contend and argue, that it does form the soul that will actually inform who you're becoming as you're training other people, walking through it, clay footed as we all are mistakes uh, that we do make, but moving and leaning into doing what is right, good, and beautiful and true step by step and day by day. So, you know, that's kind of our, Hey, Jake Johnson. <laughs> hey, sorry. I just saw that on the side. I know you do the chat and the conversation. Well, it's too distracting. It's like a Doug from up like squirrel, you know, good to see you, buddy. Could, you could, you could sell this better than me. And man, Jake's been on staff before. So uh, good to see you. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. Thankfully, that's where I wrapped it up anyways, but any questions, I feel like eight minutes is good, but not good enough. I'm sure you probably heard that before.
1: Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I know it's late, but really appreciate your time. And uh, we love we love the work that the summit is doing. And we just are, are glad to glad to have you here. Last but not least, you're going to hear from Alliance Defending Freedom. So, Sumi, welcome.
0: Thanks for having me on. It's a lot of pressure being the last speaker, but I will tell you, I'm excited that I was able to come on today. I'm really going to primarily talk about the Black Sun Legal Fellowship. For those of you who are interested in a career in law, that really is my focus. I oversee recruitment and professional development for this fellowship. So I want to kind of give you an overview of what this fellowship offers. It's something that you're not eligible to apply to till your first year of law school. But our goal within it, I'm hoping, it just kind of really whets your appetite and saying, it's like, wow, if I want a career in law, this is what I have to look forward to. And we also have a precursor to that called the Law School Prep Academy as well. So that's my goal tonight to kind of give you an overview of this incredible thing called the Blacks and Legal Fellowship. Now, you know, we've all heard the quote, give me a place to stand and with a lever, I will move the whole world, right? Archim- Archimedes said that. And I think the Blackstone Legal Fellowship, it really is a kind of lever for those who are called to the practice of law. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. And like I said, you apply to it during your first year of law school. The Blackstone Fellowship, right, it's not about content. It's not just about a transfer of information, but it's about active, vibrant participation within the practice of law. Time and time again, you can see that history, right? I I was a history major during college, so I took all of that in. History is not primarily shaped by just great men and women acting on their own but or in personal historical forces. Instead, the heroes of history are networks of faithful men and women driven by a common goal, a common purpose. And that I think you can see that most as you look at the abolition of slavery in England. The singular effort of William Wilberforce is often given front billing. We all hear his name. Yet it was the loose collection of friends, many of whom lived in the Clapham village that mobilized the abolition fight. This group of friends became known as the Clapham Circle. It was an informal colony of friends who shared a common faith, a common purpose that drove them, and they pledged together to make the world a better place. It was more than what most people thought was a debating society but they were collectively prepared to put their money, their time, their reputations behind ideas that had the potential to change the entire world. And the fellowship, by God's grace, it is a significant, influential community that is changing the world around us because in its simplest form, we're a group of friends who share the same faith. We build trust amongst ourselves And we share experiences, and we share connections, and we are driven by a common purpose, and that is human flourishing. When you apply as a law student, Blackstone begins with this incredible summer program. It begins in three different phases. Phase one, it's about shared spaces, activities, meals, engaging in deep discussions, on a number of different issues from constitutional philosophy, federalism, originalism, emerging cultural issues that are going on today, things that are happening both domestically and internationally, and really diving into these issues and having incredible discussions with one another. I think right now we live in a time, and I would hope, I'm hoping that we come out of this, but we live in a time where it is permissible to silence and walk away when you disagree with something. And that spirit we throw over and over again in the fellowship, it's not welcome. You will be mentally stretched. You're challenged. You're pushed by the faculty, the staff, and your peers. Because to have vibrant community, you have to be respectful of each other. You have to be humble and admit when I just might be wrong about something. And you have to listen and you have to be patient to understand that maybe someone has walked a different life than I have and they have a different perspective. To have a true community, you have to be willing to have robust dialogue and positive debate, and that is something we really foster within the community of the fellowship, especially within those two weeks when the class is really coming together. Then everyone within the fellowship, within that first summer, they do a legal internship. Internships range from law law firms, state and federal government, judges, public interest, human rights organizations what's going on domestically, internationally. The goal is really taking what are your passions, what are your interests, and start building a framework of what your resume should be if you want to be a lawyer. And it really starts with that first summer job. And then phase three of the program, that last week, everyone comes back and it's an incredible reunion feel. But it's like watching the law profession come to life. You get to hear from men and women that are highly credentialed. They are judges. They are former attorneys general. They are solicitors general. They are partners in major law firms. And they talk about the practice of law and their lives will inspire you. They share stories, not just of their personal journey, but also their professional journey and what it means to be an incredible lawyer practicing law with integrity and excellence. You know, so often, I know as you're young, you think about your different professions you're uh, going to go into. And a lot of you guys who are thinking about law, you think of law as this ladder, right? You go one rung at a time. And that really isn't the practice of law. Think of law as a climbing wall, where sometimes you might go up, sometimes you might take a step down, sometimes you might lateral over. It just really depends on the direction that you go. But there's not just a one path up. It really is an incredible, expansive idea within the profession of law and the things that you are able to pursue. So that summer program, that's where it starts, but it's not a culmination. Blackstone, that summer program, it is just the beginning. So I want to describe what the community of the fellowship really entails. And I describe it in these three ways. The Blackstone Fellowship first is about the personal. It's about trust, vulnerability, accountable accountability to one another. It's about the expectation that you will be real with each other. It's not just about your well-honed elevator pitch, right? We all have one. It's not just about that sparkling resume. It's about building ongoing real relationships within the fellowship, sharing with your successes, your struggles, your failures, your fears, calling each other when out when necessary. The fellowship is also about, secondarily, the professional, right? I oversee specifically recruitment and professional development, So this is where I am intently focused. To impact culture-shaping institutions, law, academy, media, government, the full breadth, we work with our fellows and shape their resumes. We build their credentials. They hold positions to drive institutional change. Fellows are partners in major law firms. They hold leadership positions in state and federal government. They have founded critical ventures. They've authored books. they shape policy at the highest levels, like areas like education. They've argued before the U.S. Supreme Court. Fellows hold significant positions, but I promise you, these same fellows, they volunteer at legal aid clinics. They hold Bible studies in prisons. They walk alongside feeling those that feel like they're destitute because they can't, because they find themselves alone and they don't know where to turn. The law is an incredible profession that allows you to really impact the world around you. And you can do that in so many different spheres. And we explore that with our interns within that first summer. And I share that with you because your career, right, things that you're focused on as you think about, um, you know, from graduate school on, right, I'm like so focused in and razored in. I'm very impressed with the Forge Leadership Academy and what they are trying to foster and drive within you. But I want you to remember, right, when you participate in programs like the fellowship, I tell our students, your identity should never be wrapped up fully in that resume. It's not something that should drive you because you are more than just the activities on that piece of paper. Because at some point in time, the playing field for certain positions, they start leveling out. Everyone starts looking the same. And what's on that paper no longer is what speaks about who you are. The person that makes you so distinctive is the character of you, that person that you've become outside of that incredible resume. Lastly, the fellowship really is about engagement. We're called to engage now. Be faithful in our generation now. The fellowship, it does not have a wait-and-see mentality. It's about taking the gifts that you're given and being a voice in your generation, no matter the stage of life that you're in. So engagement, it really is not a one-size-fits-all model. You know, in closing, I would sum up the fellowship in this way. It's a generational quest for human flourishing. And each incoming class of Blackstone gets to stand on the shoulders of giants who've gone before them. And we as a team take this quite seriously. And for the past 21 years, the fellowship has grown to over 2,000 individuals. And we have prayed for grace, and more and more fellows have been entrusted with various positions. We are a tight-knit community. We hold each other accountable. We gather together in person, virtually, like you guys are doing now. And when we're frustrated by obstacles and we're inspired by big ideas, we lean in. The law profession is an incredible way to shape the world through law, government, media, politics, and then just truly the depth of practicing law. But being involved in incredible networks like the fellowship really is allowing you to take your career and take a lever and giving you a place to stand no matter where you feel called. So that is our fellowship, honestly, truly, uh, in a nutshell.
1: Uh, Well, Blackstone. Any
0: questions?
1: (laughs) I was going to say Blackstone has kind of been in the news recently with with future Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett, you know, having spoken at Blackstone events. So I don't know if I if I listen to the media, it seems like a pretty extreme, you know, bigoted group. I don't I don't know. It sounds. um, Yeah, I, I don't know. But you sound pretty reasonable. I don't I don't know. I don't know who to believe here.
0: Yeah, I will I will tell you guys, right? I, I am a Google queen. I drive my family crazy because I Google everything and I will research to death everything that I possibly can have. And one thing I will tell you is that it is unfortunate that I think the Southern Law Poverty Law Center, I think an organization at, at one point in time when they initially started. They did incredible work, right? They, they eradicated the neo Nazis from Idaho. They did good work, but I think they've really lost their way. And when you, when the only two articles that come out of Blackstone are tied to Media Matters or Southern Poverty Law Center, it is extremely unfortunate because of it. And our best, you know, when we talk about that it, it's not a twisting of the truth, it really is a matter of an outright lie. And it is something where ADF is an organization. I love our CEO. His name is Mike Ferris. He's an incredible leader. We will defend ourselves an organization, but we will not attack another organization or another person. But I love the fact that ADF and with the fellowship, we have an incredible reputation within the law profession. In the last nine years, we've won 11 cases before the U.S. Supreme Court, not just in the last nine years. The majority of justices have voted, voted on our side of the case. Just recently, to be honest, the, I, the qualified immunity, right? We've all heard that term. It's a big thing. And it's something we deal with on the religious liberty side. We wouldn't think that, but we do. The ACLU and the NAACP all find, filed amicus briefs along with that as allies dealing with a qualified immunity issue. So it's interesting to be labeled as this kind of group when we work so well across the aisle to other organizations that typically, don't really support all the work that we do, but they definitely consider that we're exceptional lawyers. And just a little tidbit, we do incredibly well for clerkships as well, but that's, that's a legal thing. But anyone who's interested in law, Jeremy, uh, Jeremiah, I'm so happy. You're, you're more than welcome uh, to share my contact information. I am very happy to talk to anyone really interested in law and say, especially if you don't have a, a lawyer in your family, as you're thinking about, okay, what do I do next? you know, this thing called the LSAT, which is kinda of going away. It's more about the GRE. So there's certain law schools are looking different things, but if you're thinking about a path in law and just want a place to start that conversation, I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you for sure. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for, for joining us.
0: Thank you for listening to the Forge Leadership Podcast. If you like the show, please drop a review in your podcast app and be sure to subscribe for all of our latest episodes. You can follow Forge Leadership Network at Forge Leadership on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For more information about Forge Programming, please visit ForgeLeadership.org.